Everything has something to do with your childhood. Some emotion that you kept to yourself in your childhood which you did not let out of. It's it's like the self-communication within you mm -hmm. affects the communication you have with the outside For world. For the rest of your life. The, yeah, the self-talk that goes on in here really affects your talk. No mm -hmm. rain. Communicators, welcome to the Narain Agarwal show. Today we have a guest who's a solopreneur and she's very intriguing. The reason she's intriguing is because she practices stuff that is really intriguing. Stuff that I don't know much about, but I want to learn through this interview, through this podcast. She practices tarot card reading, access bar therapy, and hypnotherapy. I hope she does not apply all these techniques to manipulate my mind when I'm communicating with her. But Varsha Tibraval in communication with Narain Agarwal on the Narain Agarwal show. So let's welcome Varsha. Dialing in. Varsha, you're welcome. I'll see you in a second. Please walk in. Hi Narain. Hey, how are you Varsha? I'm good, I'm good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How do you feel? This is amazing. The red phone is really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done many interviews before? Uh, no, this would be my first. Awesome. I'm excited because so am I. also um, this show is about learning how communication is related to different aspects of life with different people. Mm -hmm. And if you're interviewing for the first time, it's uh, a great way to also enhance your communication That's skills at the same time, uncover a new aspect of communication. So with that, I want to get to know a little bit about you. Uh, to, you can introduce yourself to the audience. How old are you? What have you done? What's your life experience been? Where have you grown up? And uh, how did you get into becoming a solopreneur? Mm -hmm. And practicing the three very intriguing things I mentioned about your journey. Okay. Hi everybody. So I am Varsha Tabrival. I am 24 years old right now. And uh, I have been practicing all the three things uh, mentioned before for almost two to three years now. So tarot card honestly was taken up as a as a passion rain. I didn't want to do anything with it except for just learn and not even practice it for that matter. But uh, when I finished my classes and uh, you know when I started telling people you know I know tarot card and they were all so intrigued they were like let's let's find out even if there's exactly. nothing to it let's let's just find out. Exactly. And I was I was like my might as well you know. And I started doing it slowly and uh, you know I was initially I was only doing it for like my close couple of friends because I didn't know how reliable it would be right. So when you say doing it as like you were reading tarot cards I was for reading them. the cards okay. for them okay. like they would come to me with questions and we would do the whole thing the whole spread and etc. And uh, when I when I started doing it initially I also myself wasn't sure whether you know the things that I would be predicting would be would be 100% true because that's a big question mark right. Yes. Today astrology why do people think it is not a very reliable thing because because you can't you can't believe in it so that was my skepticism skepticism as well but uh, uh, gradually you know when I when I moved on from my friends to my family and then to my far off relatives and then to the entire to basically everybody uh, nobody has ever come to me with a with a thing saying uh, that you know Varsha you predicted this and did not this did not come true so prediction, okay, also, uh, you know, people have this uh, very uh, stringent notion about uh, tarot cards is that everything that tarot card says has to be true. That's not true. So we, before I uh, talk more about that, I think we should understand how tarot cards work, right? Okay, yeah, I'm very intrigued to know so, about tarot cards. So first let's talk about tarot cards, right. then we'll get into access bars, hypnotherapy. Okay. And uh, just so you know, me personally, I don't know much about tarot cards mm -hmm. or all the other things that we're going to talk about. My personal belief, I'm neither for it, neither am I 100% sure it works, or neither do I completely reject it because I don't know much about it. Right. So I'm here in communication with you about these three things. As uh, somebody who does who does not have much education about this, I want to 
and I want to learn from a practitioner. Okay. So yes, open up, open up your okay. cards and uh, <laughs> tell me. Okay. So yeah. basically, tarot cards has everything to do with your energy, okay. right? So before we start the pro process of tarot card reading, uh, I sit down with my client and we exchange energy. So I take their hands in between mine and there's a small prayer. So every practitioner has their own prayer. I have mine and I practice that. And uh, so that is how we start the process. Wow. Yes. So wait, you take the other client's hand, you you take it in between. Yes. It's kind of also like establishing a connection with them. Exactly. With physical touch. Yeah. So, so that they feel comfortable with you, yes. right? Because their energy has to flow through and through. For you, for the reading to be absolutely, you know, cent percent true, it has. You have to connect with the person, with the person who's come to you. So the main reason why we do the energy exchange is to connect with the person That's on a higher level. Very interesting because yeah. I really believe in uh, energy in communication as well because communication I say the fundamental of communication mm -hmm. is energy. Right. right now we're exchanging energy but exactly so let's keep going. Right. So uh, yeah definitely the energy part and then uh, what we do is uh, we get the per I get the person to ask the question that they want to ask and uh, we shuffle the cards. Also there's one very interesting fact is uh, so you're not supposed to shuffle your cards uh, with your dominant hand. So, for example if I'm a right-handed person I, I don't shuffle my cards with the right hand I do it with the left hand so that my energy is not overboarded on the cards. Because this being my dominant hand, if I start doing everything with this hand, the energy uh, is absorbed by the cards, which we do not want. We want to keep it neutral, which is why I do it with my left hand. So I shuffle the cards, I spread them out, and then depending on the question, I ask them to take out the number of cards. So if it is, say, about somebody's health, usually there's an H spread that we do for it, which is where we require seven cards. So they choose the cards, they can't see the cards, all the cards are like turned upside down. So you can't see the cards, they have to pick one, you know, pick seven cards and I put them in, the, in a position like the edge formation. Okay. And then each card, the placement also has a meaning. So every uh, card is related to your chakras, your, your uh, crown chakra, your uh, all the chakras basically. So it is in alignment with that. And then uh, relating to where the place is, uh, where the card is placed, we give the reading. So uh, why I said uh, that uh, you know tarot cards aren't supposed to be 100% true is because of uh, you. Okay, today if I do a reading with you and in your mind uh, say you want to go to X college to study and in your mind you have already thought that uh, I can't do it. I will not be able to get into the college. Maybe some something or the it's other you just can't yeah. do it. You, can't, you think you can't do it. Although everybody is telling you that you can but you believe you can't. Now you come to me for a reading and you've already decided that you can't do it. So no matter how many times we do the question whether you will get into the college or not, the answer will, will always be no. Because in your mind, the energy is saying no. So you The self-communication is no. Exactly. And the, the self-communication reflects in communication with the cards in exactly. some sense, you would say. Exactly. Okay. So more than, uh, you know, predicting future in tarot cards, it's about uh, taking precautions. So again, like you said, uh, like I said, if you think you can't get into a college and you come to me and I do the cards, if I do the question twice, there will be some cards which are common. You know, out of the three cards that you pick out, one or two cards will be common in both mm. the questions. That usually happens. So that tells me what you have to avoid in order to not get yourself into the college. So more than uh, prediction, it's about precaution that you can take for ah. things going wrong. So what's a roadblock? So it's more about ident identifying roadblocks that yes. you should avoid rather than a prediction that this will happen or that will happen. Um, see, I, I do not I do not mean to throw shade on anybody. Okay. Uh, but it is very, very difficult to, uh, you know, uh, very confidently say just because the cards are saying this, it's going to happen with you. It does not happen like that. Correct. Never has it ever ever happened like that. Correct. Right. So I would suggest if uh, if you do get a reading done by anybody at all, uh, if they tell you that this might not happen, ask them why it might not happen. Because that is what you need to work on. That is something that you can change. Right. Again, it is not hundred percent true. So you can always change the outcome of your thing. Correct. What the tarot card uh, reader tells you is what is likely to happen. But again, you can always change it. So you should all, if, if there's a question of a yes or no, but uh, you know, when you go to a tarot card reader, you should always focus more on the reason as to why, is, why it is a yes or a no. Wow. So yes, that. Wow. So Varsha, um, we'll get back into all this, but tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you? Where you grew up? And also how it is to be a woman solopreneur 
in India and in the 21st century because I feel we need more uh, women entrepreneurs and women solopreneurs in the world. Definitely. Okay. So, like I said, I am 24 years old and I was born and brought up in Calcutta itself. Mm, my schooling was done from the head at school uh, since class 1 to 12 and uh, post that, so up till school everything was just fine, I was just like any other girl and uh, things were just as it is, you know, how yeah. it is for any random person. Okay. It is only when I moved out of uh, my city to for college, I was in Bangalore for a while uh, and I was studying in Christ, I was studying theatre and uh, it was something that I, I mean, I thought I wanted to do. But it never, it ne it was never a calling, right? Mm -hmm. You know, for example, if you study, You're just going with the motions, what yeah, society just, tells you. Whatever is happening, exactly. I was okay with it. Like whatever life is throwing at me, I was like, okay, this is how it is supposed to this be. This is the prescription of society, so I just, yeah, I'm just following. Yeah, it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just doing stuff. that totally. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I, I messed up quite a lot in Bangalore. Uh, uh. So I had, I had like uh, you know issues with uh, in college and again in my personal life also. And somehow Bangalore did not work out for me. I mm. had to come back, and that was like uh, that was one of the most uh, what do you call it depressing stages. A lot of it, lot of it. And there were times when I wouldn't get up in the morning and get out of my room. There have been times like that, and the only thing that helped me out through you know through all of it was meditation. So at that time of my life, I had no idea about hypnotherapy. In fact, about any of the healing modules, I had zero knowledge on them. But I, I was always, because my mother used to do it, I was always a practitioner of medita meditation. So I used to do that. That helped. And once I was, once I came out of that, uh, that entire phase of not wanting to socialize, etc., etc., was when I was introduced to tarot card reading. And that was also through just of some very, very random Facebook ad. You, you, you're saying in the tough time, tarot card kind of came in the clutch. It kind it of, did. Yes. It, it came in the clutch. It really helped you to overcome a lot of stuff that mm -hmm. you were going internal turmoil that you were going through. Having said that, there's a lot of um, angst in society about tarot card. If it's real or not, if it's um, if hypnotherapy is real or not, what would what do you comment on this? Personally, I don't know if it's real or not. I don't have much knowledge. I have not experienced it mm -hmm. to make a comment about it. What's your take when someone says tarot card is hogwash? Everybody is entitled to their own opinions, right? I can't make them believe in tarot cards. Even uh, this also might sound surprising, but when I went for my first hypnotherapy class, I did not believe in it. I, did, I, I, I thought I would go there, listen to what the teacher is saying and then just make fun of her because it's all crap. It does not, it does, how can you put somebody, how can you uh, talk to somebody's subconscious mind without them allowing you to do it? How is that even possible, right? So that's what I thought too. Uh, but you have to try it yourself to believe it. The energy, uh, the energy shift that you see in yourself after a hypnotherapy or a tarot card reading, it's it's very very changing. You might not be able to you know place a finger on it. On this day, I felt like this. But overall, when you think about it, one one month, two months down the line, you you you, you will realize that you have changed as a person, even if it is like wow. a very small change. Wow. So yeah. That's very interesting. So you're saying that you must experience it to be able to know. So you're saying you you may believe it or not, but you if you experience know. it, yeah. you'll get the answer yourself in some exactly. sense. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Very interesting. Now, uh, whenever you do, whenever you practice, whenever you read tarot card or you practice hypnotherapy on somebody, if somebody mm -hmm. comes to you as a client, there's a lot of um, communication involved, right? right? Uh, and some of the stuff might be very personal. You let some up the moment you said communication. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm very like I said. I, I love the subject of communication. Yeah. Um, and what you're doing is really like right. Like you really need to know how to communicate. Definitely. And, um, I guess there's so much I can learn from you about this. So, when the client comes in, one of their fears might be that they want to keep their uh, private life and all the things that they say very well protected. Right. right. Uh, they might share very personal things with you that they might not even share with their husband or wife. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you assure them, or what's one way you think is good, a good way to assure them that uh, they are safe and what they are saying will be handled safely? Right. Uh, so, firstly, uh, this comes the profession in itself comes with a confidentiality agreement that okay. is there, that is in place. 
so uh, i'm bound by rules to not let out their secrets firstly secondly it's not my it's not my job to tell their story to anybody it is their own Correct. so it has firstly there is there are the rules and second it's your own conscience that does not allow you to let out other people's uh, you know secrets or the things that they've confided in you with correct so uh, uh, how i make them feel comfortable and yeah. safe is uh, like i said with tarot cards what i do is be exchange energy ah oh, that's very right? interesting so you you place your hand in yeah, between yeah so there's the, there's my deck my tarot deck in the middle okay. i place my hands like this and then they are supposed to keep it keep the hands above and below mine oh, oh. so that's how i do it now uh, what happens is uh, so th- it's easier in tarot card obviously because we have a direct contact that's fantastic like when someone comes you try to establish a connection with them right hand, that automatically i think there's something about the human nature and human human feel. touch human, human touch. touch plays you, a major effect you in touch this. and you can build trust and exactly. establish a safe space in some sense mm-hmm. i guess that's why people came up with handshakes i probably um, it's, yeah it's a way probably to, like, establish connection <laughs> yeah. and like you know maybe um be in a more comfortable zone with somebody else yeah so uh tarot cards it's easy uh with hypnotherapy it takes a little while because um see hypnotherapy uh, what is hypnotherapy okay let's uh, okay so hypnotherapy is basically when the therapist or the practitioner uh, tries to tap your subconscious or your unconscious you would call it through your conscious mind oh. so again people have this wrong notion that you know hypnotherapist uh they put you in a trance and they make you do stupid things uh, but no uh, people who do it for okay, a Okay I was scared that you would put me in a trance <laughs> and make me say stupid things No um, no okay. absolutely <laughs> not So uh, <laughs> when you use it as a therapeutic medium Okay uh it is again you are guided by your conscience to not do you not take advantage of the person in front sitting in front of you but at the same time uh, when we do it for therapy uh we we keep you in we put you in such a state that uh, although you are unconscious you're very much aware of anybody who's you know anybody saying anything around you or even if somebody touches you even if it is like just a point right you will understand that somebody is touching me you just not want to not want to come out of that state because you're very comfortable where you are in your mind so just to understand and see if i'm understanding correctly you talked about the conscious and the subconscious mind right. um if i kind of have the imagery right some people compare the conscious and the subconscious with kind of an iceberg, iceberg model right, right? Yeah. so the iceberg the 10% that we can see is see. the conscious mm-hmm. mind or like the top and then the rest of the mind that we don't see but the rest of the mind that governs our behaviors exactly. how we speak what we say how we act everything what we believe in is in the subconscious right exactly. so you're saying hypnotherapy is a way to dig deep into the subconscious Absolutely. and bring it out to the top of the iceberg exactly okay so uh subconscious has everything stored in it starting from the the day you were conceived let's say that and se- it takes 75 days to form the heart from there from the 75th day That's of you being conceived uh to to your present day your subconscious has it all it's like a black box of a flight exactly you can you can call it uh-huh. it is like the essence of who you are as a person uh-huh. everything like you said everything that you do your behavior the things you say the things you like you do not like everything is governed by your subconscious so what what is subconscious most impacted by is it uh where we grew up the kind of experiences we had it's a it's a honestly it's a mix of all narain it's a mix of your parents the conditions under which your parents were living when you were conceived uh, the condition of your family at that time the, your the relationship that your parents shared even that plays a major role in your subconscious then uh, once you're born uh, you know how the kind of warmth you receive from your family if there is uh, you know somebody who who does not appreciate you in the family you automatically develop like a, a negligent behavior towards them you do not care much about that person growing up so th- there have been instances Very like this where people don't know why they feel uh, you know the hatred or dislike towards a particular Very person but again there's a reason behind it Oh. So so in essence the subconscious is greatly impacted by the communication you engaged in with everybody around mm-hmm. you whether yes. it's a verbal whether it's physical but also whether if it's just the energies in some sense right. if somebody is not giving you good vibes like we vibes, say yes very important and the communication of the vibes are not very good the subconscious will be impacted by that mm-hmm. and so Definitely. you kind of form as a human being 
by the kind of communication you engage in totally you. and mm. that is very interesting so the, also like i mentioned the communication that your parents are sharing before you are even born even that plays a major major oh, role okay. in you being so in hypnotherapy uh, you essentially try to tap into the subconscious and fix things that aren't going very well exactly so give give us an example like why would somebody so, come for a hypnotherapy in, session okay. to you and like how would it work out so hypnotherapy is done for almost all problems that you have okay. right so uh, the most common is the inner child now inner child is a co- term very commonly used these days what oh. inner child basically means is let's say you have been a very insecure person okay right from the start but there was no reason for you to be insecure you were equally loved by your parents by your family friends you were let's say not good but you were average at studies right and everything was like just just in place for you but again you were a very insecure person from the start and you want to know why you want to get rid of it because insecurities are things which harm your relationships they ruin them like they ruin them Correct. they do terrible things to you Correct. as as a person also insecurities so uh, what happens is uh, if somebody comes to me with that issue right firstly the first session is always just talking to the person so that i understand what their weak points are what their strong points are so what in- they want to develop in exactly oh. there are times when the client comes to you with a certain problem but the, the underlying issue is completely different uh-huh. like you have to understand all of that That's also so the first session is always talking i just this how we doing this right now is how i do it with them we just sit and we talk and i understand all the things that we need to work on because again human mind has so many layers mm. that you have to break through each of them to you know get the person uh, not to experience the problem so again. how do you ensure that you get to what the real problem is what do you do in that session in some sense like do you focus on asking the right questions right do you focus on listening a lot do you focus on just letting them speak what do you focus on so uh, first i let them come with the presenting problem okay right i let them talk okay. i don't i don't talk in the initial 10 to 15 minutes i don't talk ah. i am shut i let them come settle Listen, down huh? feel comfortable and just be right so they start you know associating with the environment there in the chamber then what happens is uh, so they start talking naturally like if you stare at somebody too long they will anyway start talking to you uh-huh. so that happens uh-huh. so they start doing that i'm looking at them and they're talking to me and i'm just writing down things you know how generally it is done humans as as we are we have this undying need to please everybody Very right yes that's so, so true It's so That's why they do have that. a tough time saying no. Exactly. exactly. So, and especially when you come to a uh, I would not call myself a therapist. I am not a certified therapist, yeah. but uh, uh, the the things that I practice, the modules that I practice, people do uh, some sometimes misunderstand me as a therapist. So when they come to me, they naturally want to be uh, you know, they want me to say things like you are right, the other person is wrong. Mm. They want to self validate their actions, their behavior. So, uh, tell us what kind of questions do you ask? to dig deeper what kind of maybe one or two examples of questions that you ask once the client tells you the problem to dig deeper what are such tools so uh, uh, so once the session starts they come in i let them be comfortable etc and i let them talk like i said for the first 10 15 minutes is just them talking and me writing down scribbling mostly on my paper okay. i'm not even <laughs> writing anything back then only the important bits that i hear okay. the emotion if there's a particular emotion or if there is one person's name which is popping again and again ah. so those kind of things repetitive things or emotions mainly that i not know down and uh, once that is done uh, i start counter questioning them uh, taking the uh, so for example if the person says i feel insecure about my boyfriend what i do is when i ask them questions i take up the emotion but i do not relate it to that person i ask them about another person altogether oh wait, that's another. super interesting that's super interesting yeah. one second so when someone says i feel insecure about this you forget the about this for now you pick up the emotion they have right. stated and then you use that emotion to ask questions around it around it because wow. i need to understand where that is stemming from it did not stem from a boyfriend wow that's right? super interesting yeah so sometimes we just focus on what the people are saying apparently but we forget uh, that there's really an see where they come from the that underlying problem or the issue wow. that there is i guess this happens in the business world too everywhere everywhere wow keep going though so uh, uh so the story yeah so uh, so i then i start asking them questions i you know beat around the bush a little you know so when was the last time you felt like this and I, then there are times when i don't even mention the emotion 
suppose if it is uh, anger i'm like when when was the last time you felt this uh, uh, so uh, that you're not in control of the situation again most of the times when you're angry you're not in control of the situation which is why you're angry correct so there are times when i try not focusing on the emotion also directly because the person might feel offensive might get offended wow. about that right so you have to you Very have to keep in mind that although you are trying to show them their own problems you have to do it in such a manner that they do not feel offended by it right right because what will happen is if they feel offended they will not come to you for the next they time they have a wall you yeah, have a defense right. and you won't get anything then you will that. not know the real things that are that the, the wow. issues that are so you have to keep a very very friendly relation but at the same time not so friendly that they just you know forget everything and just uh-huh. be but uh, yeah so, so essentially to be a hypnotherapy practitioner you have to be a great communicator uh, definitely okay. you have to be a great communicator and of course being a great communicator involves being a great listener correct i think that's the one of the most important skills definitely so essentially you really employ that listening aspect of mm-hmm. it to understand more and dig deeper so um yeah so we go we go about it like that and uh, what i do is uh, once i know the emotions once i know the people she's been affected by yeah. i start digging deeper with that with that whole thing with mis- mismatching the uh, the emotion to the wrong person and maybe the person to the wrong emotion or whatever and then we just keep going about it to and fro to and fro until i have like at least uh you know two three be- two three core issues that we need to totally work on because mm. most of the times people who come to me with insecurity issues are usually they usually stem out of lack of attention from parents at an in- initial stage wow so again like i said presenting issue is not always the correct issue there is there most of the times there will always be another like that statement the presenting issue meaning the the issue that is at par what they say right. on the surface level is not the real issue real issue not the core, core issue. issue right wow and so what's very interesting that you just mentioned it's almost like psychology but often times you saying that people who are insecure are insecure often times because of lack of attention right. from their parents at a young age right ha huh. so uh when it's parents not showing enough love or not enough attention or it could be that the child the child will only think like a child right Correct. so if uh, if we, if there's a, like a 4 year old girl and then she has an elder, younger brother who's like just born the parents will obviously give more attention to the newborn right because the 4 year old can still fetch for himself or herself but the newborn can't now in the child's brain they can't think of it that logically for them why aren't my parents taking care of me right. why with that other person for them they haven't built the brother sister relationship yet wow right so wow. the child processes it like a child and the That's notions that you create then they they stick with you which is why we call them inner children emotions that you have kept with yourself mainly negative emotions that you have kept with yourself without uh, you know thinking about it practically or without uh, being conscious of it being conscious of it being uh, being knowledgeable enough to know that maybe this is not how i am thinking it to be wow so which is why we call them inner children and most of our bad habits uh, i yeah most of our bad habits you call it anger call it being bad at communication call it being insecure or jealous or just just a person full of hatred or negativity also for that matter everything has something to do with your childhood some emotion that you kept to yourself in your childhood which you did not let out of so that's wow. how it works it's it's like the self communication within you mm-hmm. affects the communication you have with the outside for world for the rest of your life the, yeah the self talk that goes on in here really affects your talk mm-hmm. with the outside world the relationship with you have the that you have with yourself really affects the relationship you have naturally outside wow naturally. super interesting that's hypnotherapy tell us a little bit about access bars okay. like what are these are these like snicker bars or are these <laughs> okay so no, no not like snicker okay. bars okay so uh, also uh, i am a little more favorable towards access bars okay. because okay. it's very easy it's it's absolutely so so refreshing even for the person who's getting it done and and for the person who's doing it also so when it is uh, tarot card and hypnotherapy a lot of times we exchange a lot of energies so the person who's come to me is really down and you know just not in a very very good space after they leave even i go into that space 
Wow, that's super interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that happens. Wow. So you're saying when you engage in communication with somebody, it's almost like physics where the heat flows to the cold Definitely. and tries to get in an equilibrium. So if somebody comes in with very low energy, uh, that gets that transferred gets to me tra- sometimes. Basically, that. essentially your energy gets transferred to them and yeah. you you're de- you're depleted. Or it could be that the situation that's is so severe that even my positive energies can't get to them. Wow. They remain the way they wow. are. That's I super interesting. Go down to that. I think this level, happens yeah. like in our workplaces, in classrooms. If somebody gets very negative, and slowly people get start getting negative Def- around yeah. them, I the energy of the whole room drops. And if somebody gets positive, and people mm, slowly uh, pep up, slowly the whole energy of the room builds up, and everybody starts becoming a great performer. Mm-hmm. But everybody gets negative. So I think you're so right. Like we really communicate in terms of energy as well. We do. We do. And that can affect. Uh, essentially how the energy of the other person is who we just interacted with so you're saying this is with hypnotherapy and tarot cards but with access bars this with, is with access bars this is not so much of a problem uh it, what, yeah so i'll just uh, so access bars is basically you have these 32 points in your head which control dis- different aspects of your life what kind so, of points like physical points yes there are okay. physical points so for example there's communication which is very very important there's communication there is uh, joy there's sorrow there's sexuality there's creativity so you name it and there is uh, there are points for that so there's, wow. there there are points for time and space there's control etc etc so which basically govern your entire life how, your day to day life on the skull on the right skull here. yes right here Okay. Yes. Thirty-two points. Thirty-two points. So uh, what we uh, so we call them bars. Those points are called bars. Oh, Now what okay. happens is so uh, not like Snickers bars at all. Not <laughs> absolutely not. Okay. So certainly not the bars you can eat. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so uh, what happens is uh, when we press those points. So each point is to be uh, you know touched with uh, other two or other three. So there are combinations. For example, there's a combination of control, creativity, and communication. Somehow, all three are interrelated. If you think about it, oh. you if you are talk more about this control, creativity, creativity and, and communication. communication. Three, all C's. Three right. C's. Three C's. Okay. So what happens is, if you are if you are a very very creative person, right? You can visualize visualize everything, Correct. but you can't put your message across. You can't write it out. What do you do with your creativity then? You lose it. Right, you get you, yeah. you get it dies with you. The after point, you start thinking, is it even good enough, or maybe maybe not? Let's you just let it go. You can't give your creativity to the world. Exactly, no one even knows you're creative. So along with your creativity bars, bars, which is why we packed, we run the communication bar because it wow. everything has to be in sync. Then comes your control. Now, when it when we talk about control in relation to communication, what happens is. Uh, Uh, you know there are certain people who just talk very loudly yes it's not because they're trying to offend you or they're trying to fight with you it's just they talk very very loudly Correct. that's about it or some people who just can't hold back anything just say yeah. say whatever comes they to their mind they say whatever comes to my mind they might offend somebody yeah, yeah yeah totally or people who are just very very introvert like they do not want to talk no matter how comfortable they are they will just not talk i'm not saying that's a bad thing definitely not you are again you are allowed to be who you are but essentially what you're saying is sometimes they wish they would have spoken but exactly. they still don't it is about so people expressing themselves they're not expressing themselves people who want to change how they are currently mainly for that we run the bars and uh, we we say the chant what happens with that is all the uh, you know all the negative energy that is stuck in those uh, points of your head or those aspects of your life when we talk about the physical life that we're living we see we tend to ease them out so if if a writer has a creative blog we run we run the we run the bars and within within like an hour or two from the uh, therapy so suddenly they feel better and they can write again this uh, this has happened this has actually happened with one of my clients so i know So wow, what happened? So this was uh, she. She was not really a writer. She was more of a columnist, Correct. right? And uh, she's actually a very good friend of my mom's. So uh, she she was at home and she was just you know talking to mom about how she's not able to write these days. And I I I had recently only learned access bars, and mom was like, might as well try. You know, there's no harm. Just give it a try. Kuch, nothing wrong is going to happen with this. Correct. So we did that. I did that. I I ran her bars, and for her, I did it like not just the creativity part, but the entire all her bars I ran. It took us uh, so uh, access bars takes about uh, one hour fifteen minutes to complete in total. Wow! Right? All the bars, all, all the bars, bars, all together. So I finished that, and like after that, she had to you know she went home. She woke up the next morning, and she was like, "Vasha, I don't know what happened, but I could write again." 
and that, that somehow fixed my problem it could be that it was something that she really wanted to achieve also wow. and not so much to do with access bars but i believe it's because of the access bars wow so you never know what works out for you right you just have to try it for yourself and see the results that's super interesting so you're saying there are 32 points on the skull right, right. here that if activated can fix multiple aspects mm-hmm. of one's life especially creativity communication and control together can act wonders yes wow i have a question for you this is very intriguing i don't know the 100% correct answer to this but this is really regarding communication in a tough tight spot you have a client in front of you and you have something really someone to say that they won't like a lot something that is not very good something that's not very ideal when you're doing these therapies something that they should be really cautioned about something that they should be worried about how do you convey such things where the client might take it either offensively or get really worried about it okay so i'll just uh, i'll go with each therapy how we do it and that uh, access bars there is no communication happening there so, correct so there is no message that you correct. have to put across it's just something that you're doing for the client correct. and it, it's done with uh, when it comes to tarot cards um, you know because the person is asking the question right uh, you know right in front of you and you're all both present there every time somebody comes to me for a tarot card this is what i believe they're anyway ready to hear whatever it is they don't come with certain set notions even if they do the moment i expl- i again like i'm telling you the rules correct, correct. i say that say those to them also that do not believe it is 100% do not do this or i just try to give them a gist of correct. how it is supposed to be so even if they come with preset notions they they know the moment i tell them that you're not supposed to be like 100% reliable on these answers they automatically understand so even if i have something bad to say they don't feel bad about it that's very interesting it's easier it's because you've set the context correctly exactly ah so before you communicate you've already set the context so right. either they come on with a certain context and then you've set the context saying hey whatever i say don't take it offensively i'm here trying to work with you so that is so that, helps. that is with oh. only tarot cards that's only with tarot cards okay, okay. now when we do hypnotherapy oh. now what happens is uh, when you're under hypnosis right there are times uh, like i did say sounds very scary yeah. <laughs> no no it's a lot of fun okay. so uh, like i said initially that uh, you know you're absolutely aware of you know what is happening around you even if somebody touches you you'll know there are times when uh, the situations or the therapy that is that you're undergoing becomes so uh, severe that you don't you don't want to recall those things that you said which is why we write it down right even when we're doing hypnotherapy every time the client says something or uh, when we ask them questions about how they're feeling in a certain situation or whatever we write it down and also we record it on our phone so the client's permission obviously they don't want to recall it now to make them recall there are times when the client is in denial also for example let's let's some let's say uh, it it might be a little dark but let's say uh, let's talk about sexual abuse okay. right uh, sexual abuse for a boy who was as a child he was sexually abused and now he has this uh, he has this problem where he just he he can't be good to his friends he always ends up you know backstabbing them somehow he always ha- ha- harms his own relationship beat beat with men beat with women everywhere right that is because he as a person can't trust anybody that is that is why he does wow. he sabotages his relationships right so uh, now the person now generally you'll see uh, uh, if a person a person who's been sexually assaulted i'm not saying this is generic for everybody but most of the times what happens is if a person has been sexually assaulted either they come to you as a very very timid uh, shy person like that is that is that what the vibe is or they come off as like this extremely loud happy to happy to go lucky nothing's wrong with them kind of a vibe like you can't even pinpoint ki why has this person come to me for therapy usually usually they have a very very loud personality which is to again hide all the layers of trauma that they've gone through when we take the person the sexually assaulted uh, person uh, who has been sexually assaulted if i take that person under hypnosis he might uh, say things which he does not want to believe like his conscious mind does not want to believe could be that he was sexually assaulted by his very very uh, close uncle who he is in very good terms with who his family is very good in terms with and saying anything about it right now will only cause disruptions everywhere right all relations will be hampered everything will just go to go down the drain 
So his conscious mind does not allow him to believe it, does not allow him to even accept it that it has happened. However, his subconscious tells him that you know what, this has happened with you. You should talk about it, and he he says it uh, he says it out loud while he's in hypnosis, and then I take them out of hypnosis, and again we doing a counseling session. We're talking. Uh, now the client himself does not bring it up. It is very difficult for me to bring it up, right? Because I want him to self-realize what they have said. Correct. Right. And you don't want to start off with something that will make them uncomfortable. Exactly. At the first go, because the moment you come out of hypnosis, you're already under so much emotions. Like the emotion uh, quota is so high on your body and mind that anything, even sli- slight bit of you know inconvenience, might make you cry. Right, and most most people actually do cry in hypnosis during hypnosis. Anyway, so uh, when that happens, I I I try tiptoeing. I try to tiptoe around the issue. Even then, when the client, you know, the person is not ready to talk about it, I I I I tell them. I first I tell them I accept you as who you are. I accept you completely. You are not here to be judged. I am not here for that. It's not my job to do that. It's not my job to even tell you whether it is right or wrong. You want to make yourself feel better. I can do that for you. Obviously, I lower my voice. I talk. I you know, if like if we're sitting this far apart, I come a little nearer to them, or I just bend a little again, and that is how I talk to them. If I have to, I take their hands in my hand, and that is how we talk. So that the person feels that no matter what they said under hypnosis, they are not being judged. In a secure space. Wow, yeah, this is this is very yes. big. So you're essentially saying, if you want to convey something that's very personal to somebody mm-hmm. and they don't want to speak about it, something that you want to talk about but the other person is very uncomfortable to talk about, something that might offend them, the number one thing to do is establish a zone of non-judgment. Exactly. So when they feel that they are not being judged, they are more open to talk about their problems and their things. Wow, this is this is very powerful. This is actually a so, super powerful communication. Why lesson. people say? Because one thing I think the viewers can take away from this yeah. interview is this point. Wow, keep going. So uh, it is anyway, uh, you know, to a normal, to a random person, uh, letting yourself out to the third person, to a third person, is much easier than doing it to somebody you know. Correct. That because is of the fear of judgment. Because of the fear of judgment. Now some, but again, this this whole thing is you know it runs in opposite manner with a therapist with a therapist again because people sometimes misunderstand me for a therapist also. Like I said in, uh, earlier, they try to tell me things that I want to hear so that I tell them that you don't have an issue. So again, when s- something like this happens, something such a sense such a uh, sensitive topic comes up or such uh, such an issue presents itself. It is very difficult to uh, make the person accept that this has happened with me. Again, these are the people who you will see with very loud personalities. For them to accept that they have been wronged when wow. they had no control is very very difficult. It, for you and me, it might be easy because we we aren't that loud, correct, right? Correct. For somebody who completely that is what drives I'm kind them. Kind of loud, but yeah, exactly. I, I, <laughs> you, you get my point, right? Yes, somebody who's very yeah. egoistic and uh, just a very very loud person. For them to even accept that they have been wronged is very very difficult. So That's to super. firstly to make them uh, understand that even if they oh, tell you that, nice. you they will not be judged. Secondly, is to make them understand that whatever they tell you is going to be in within those four walls only and nowhere else. Nobody else. That is when they start talking to you a little more, and of course, your body language has to be in accordance to what you're doing and saying. Correct. So that is how I generally handle the bad news that I have to deliver. Wow, uh, Varsha, I'm really intrigued by this this phrase uh, that you used, "inner child." Right. So everybody I have heard has an inner child. Tell me more about this inner child. Is this a good child? Is this a bad child? How can we improve how this inner child is? What to do with this inner child? Okay. So uh, inner child is basically uh, you know this certain emotion that you held on to as a child. and that's there within you uh, it is not a part of your conscious mind because you in your mind you have repressed it to such an extent that for you it does not even exist is that but at that one point you felt that way and mm. nothing could have helped you at that point which is why you kept you stuck on to that emotion you kept it with yourself no matter how bad it was you kept it with you that forms your inner children and 
not everybody does not have one they have multiple inner children so every emotion that you do not let out every feeling that you do not express which is which again uh, mind you which harm harms or hampers your growth which harms or hampers your emotional level turns into an uh, turns into an inner child and the easiest way to talk to your inner child is you do not need a therapist or any sort of practitioner for this you can do it yourself uh, meditate and ask yourself if there is a repetitive issue let's say if jealousy is a repetitive issue for you right you feel jealous even though you do not want to you love the person you know you love the things that is happening for that one person but you're jealous of that person why why do you feel that way go into your meditative state start asking yourself when was the first time i felt this when was, rather go backwards because you're doing it in your conscious mind if you are doing it by yourself you're doing it in your conscious mind start with the most recent case where you felt this then go back to the time before that then go back to the time before that you will realize the more deeper you go into your meditative state the more deeper you go into your subconscious also slowly slowly from your conscious you go to your subconscious and you tap it the first instance that you can recall where you felt jealous feel that emotion completely there tell yourself that it is okay to feel jealous even if even if you were 4 years old it is okay to feel jealous of that newborn baby who's right there although he is my brother it is okay for me to feel jealous express yourself so one of the therapies that we do for uh, to treat inner children is also empty chair technique this is done by a uh, 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 psych psychiatrist also to treat patients uh, so what we do is we put the person in a hypnotic state and we take them to a room of their choice or like an environment of their choice and uh, we make them assume that there's a chair that they are sitting on and that there's a chair uh, on the opposite side of them and we make them recall the emotions the inner children that we are working on for that particular session suppose jealousy is the is the problem that we are working on correct so what we do is uh, the first and first we take them back uh, to the first instance they felt that the emotion jealousy who they felt it against we call that person into the room into that uh, in their hypnotic state we call that person into the room and we ask them to sit on the chair and we this get is the, all imaginary this is all mind. imaginary this so is all imaginary they're in a place where they are comfortable right there's a chair in front and they're calling somebody who they have jealousy towards or whatever they, emotion whatever that emotion is that you're working they're on they're calling them in okay you call them in and you let your client say whatever it is that they have to if they felt jealous of their baby brother they they have the right to express their anger to their parents like why would you leave me like that you can't abandon me like that it is the child is not wrong when you think about it now only when you grow up you realize are wo to bacche the like we were kids which is why but that time the child is very very justified in what he or she is feeling wow. so you let them justify that emotion to the 22 year old you let the 22 year old justify the 4 year old's behavior that is how you get rid of your inner children wow it's it's yeah. really working on speaking something out saying something out expressing yourself out mm mm-hmm. and in that in turn helps you clear up things within right wow oftentimes we do hold so many things back we don't express it to our friends so this is in a way kind of the midway where we don't we're not going to the person and saying it saying it straight up to them mm-hmm. but we're saying it to them in an imaginary way right. so at least it clears up within ourselves right wow how the communication clears up the self communication right so uh, yeah you're right so most of hypnotherapy has a lot to do with communication like you said you don't have to necessarily talk to the person who caused you harm or hurt maybe that person is not even here anymore what do you do then you imagine that the person is there and you wow. let yourself out you sometimes you know what happens is the moment you're thinking about something or you're thinking 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 but the moment you say it out loud it all comes into place it get, yes. it sets into motion then yes. right sometimes, that happens sometimes that's why journaling helps i do that a lot yeah. sometimes if there's a lot of cloudiness in my mind i sit down and write journals to sort so yourself out really put, yeah when we really put it outside a lot of clarity is established exactly yeah. so emotions similarly it is very very important to express your emotions i'm not saying you should become an emotional fool and just go on expressing all the time but if there is something which bothers you 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 know like if it if it keeps you awake at night it bothers you that's ah, for sure right exactly. that if is it's something a constant mentation again, keeps that going too. on and on yes, that's that bothering too. you exactly that too so it is very very important to express yourself Uh, whether you do it directly to the person you write it out nothing is crazy honestly in today's world nothing is crazy anything that helps you get right. past that phase everything is acceptable wow yeah 
Varsha, it was a great conversation. I, like I got that. to learn a lot also about communication and about hypnotherapy, access bars and tarot card reading. A yeah. uh, few highlights for me would be learning about the three important Cs you talked about. How communication, creativity mm-hmm. and control work very hand in hand. Also, uh, when you spoke about how you deal about talking about in, uh, sensitive topics and uh, something that might offend your clients, you try to establish a zone of non-judgment in right. their mind. So when they are not feeling judged, they are more open mm-hmm. to speaking about you. Thanks so much for an enlightening, enlightening conversation. Um, Thank you for having me. Hope to see you soon again. I have a question for you. Yes, please. This is the time that you ask me questions. Okay. So uh, let's see. It's a hypothetical situation. All right. I just want to. I want to understand because you have such great knowledge about communication, right? I'm just a student. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. Whatever knowledge that you have, it's certainly more than what I have. So, uh, so tell me something. If uh, you know you are in a certain place. Where uh, you are handling everything. Let's let's say you're organizing an event, right? It's a, it's your okay. parents' anniversary. Organizing the event. Now there were certain things that you needed to be done. That were Correct. needed to be done, and you had specified each person to that job. Like Correct. your job is to do this. Correct. You made yourself very very clear, and you went for like one quick whatever break you took Correct. for half an hour, one hour, whatever. You come back. And none of it is done, or even if it is done, it's not done in the right manner. Correct. Your party is about to start. Your work is not done. Correct. And you are really, really tired from planning everything. Correct. How do you communicate your disappointment in them, or how do you, how do you just express yourself then? Okay. What do you do? Superb. Superb. It's a very, question. very crucial time. Just imagine it is all happening yes. at once. So essentially, I'm not going to talk about how how you could have prevented it with better communication, but. You want to address it right then and there. Right. That's what right? because see people know. How, well, agar if I have to say something to somebody like the next day, I prepare it in my mind. This is how I have to do it. Correct. It But is the it's that situation exactly. in your crisis. You want everything done. Right. So here's a few things I would say. In situations which are very there's a lot of crisis. What the number one thing you need is teamwork mm-hmm. because you know one person can't fix everything. In that situation, you need everybody to work together. So right. teamwork would. Be the number one priority, right. and for that you would need to communicate to all the team heads, whoever's heading certain things mm-hmm. together. One approach that I always use with my team, especially in a situation of crisis, is there's two ways. One, you can go into blame game. You right. can go into post mortem. When somebody's dead, what do we do? Post mortem, mm-hmm. right? We cut them open. We see what happened. What happened? So one approach some leaders I think it's a mistake they do is in the situation of crisis they get everybody and they start doing a post mortem. Hey why didn't you do this? What happened? What happened? They start getting into details of what happened mm. and in return the person who was supposed to do the task starts giving you excuses right of what happened. That happens yes. That's because the leader itself they themselves are starting a post mortem. What you need to do is start an operation. Mm-hmm. So an operation is when the person's alive, they're in a critical situation, but you can help them, you can fix them, right. rather than going back into a post mortem. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? In a situation of operation, you ask everybody, say, "Hey, be clear up. We're in a situation of crisis. We got limited time. The work that was assigned to you has not been done. We'll go into post mortem later. The number one thing I need is everybody to get this job done." Now tell me who's able to take up more responsibility and get this job done. Okay. You can incentivize them as to saying by saying different things whatever your organization whatever your planning allows that hey if, if this is done I might take care of you in this way or I want to see and recognize who's a true leader. So the incentive could be either financial, monetary or it could be an in- intrinsic motivator, mm-hmm. an intrinsic incentive. So when you're saying hey in the situation of crisis let me identify who's a true leader. working for me something like this so go into it with a mindset of an operation not a post mortem okay and then call everybody and tell them we're in a situation of crisis we need this to be done who's willing to help who's willing to step forward and i'm sure some people will step forward and get the job done right okay great thank you i hope that answers your question it does it does um And it was great to have you on the Nareen Agarwal show. Thank you so Welcome much. Welcome once again. Thank you very much. We'll see you very soon. Cheers. Thank you. No rain.